The views and opinions expressed by guests on the TWBC podcast are solely those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views of nor constitute an endorsement by the host, TWBC, or the advertisers. National Championships, Confederation Championships, World Championships, Major Professional Events. For over three decades, he has been there for many of the sport's greatest moments. And now he brings you even closer to the movers and shakers in the world of high echelon tournament water skiing. From the founder and creator of the Water Ski Broadcasting Company comes the TWBC Podcast. And now here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. Well, greetings one and all. I am the aforementioned Tony Lightfoot, and this is the TWBC uh, podcast uh, coming to you from Matt Reaney's uh, Water Ski School over off uh, South Orange Avenue in Orlando. And uh, it just so happens that I have Matt Reaney. How are you doing, sir? I'm good today, Tony. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's done in, the heat's starting to pick up a little bit, and I'm starting to uh, to drip a little bit here. But uh, yeah, you're from the south, but you're a little further south now, aren't you? Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. It uh, it stays uh, pretty darn warm here at uh, uh, in Central Florida. So, World Championships coming up uh, in a few days. Uh, your busy time of year. It's uh, fair to say. Yeah, October is a crazy month. Um, anyway, it's kind of uh, the kids go back to school in September and then they want to come and ski. And there's a lot of record tournaments in Central Florida normally in October. And now we got the world smack dab in the middle of it all. So it's been quite a month to manage, but um, it's it's an exciting it's an exciting deal to have the world championships at a place like Jack's. I mean, the skiing is going to be nuts there. Yeah, completely and utterly off the chain. So, who do you have training here right now and getting prepped for the world? Well, um, you know, our our full time crew that's here is obviously Whitney Page, Robert Pagosi, uh, Taryn Grant, Joel Poland are like our core group of people that are here all the time. And then um, we have uh, Santi, uh, sorry, we have um, Angelo mm-hmm. from Chile who's here training. And then we have a few other people that are shuffling in and out, you know, sets behind the Nautique, you know, a little bit of coaching to tune them up. And so, and then I have a group of kids that are here training already for the Pan Am Championships, which are two weeks after the world. So, we got quite a mix of people here. Okay, so you're you're actually you're actually one of the uh, the top top flight coaches uh, for for Canada. How do you balance that out with what you typically do day to day here 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 at your ski school? I mean, because you've got to be able to accommodate both both sets of uh, competitors. Yeah. Yeah. So really, for Team Canada, I'm uh, like I'm a technical coach. So I advise on a lot of um, the internal goings as far as high performance water skiing in Canada. I'm not, um, you know, Busher's the manager who really does all the nuts and bolts of everything. Um, and so, you know, as far as the technical side of it, that's, that's kind of my job. And what more than anything I do for Canada is I'm an event coach. So yeah, I have Canadians that train here, um, but I go to the big tournaments and I'm helping strategize, help plan the training, um, you know, any kind of ups and downs that come with protests or stuff that's not going our way or maybe it's going, you know, we need a lot of wisdom. 
I've been around in this program for over 20 years now, so I've seen a lot of situations come up. And, you know, that's really my expertise that I do for Canada at this point. So you're the guy on the sidelines that has the calculator in the hand uh, towards the end of the tournament, uh, just putting in potential uh, permutations and numbers, you know, and figuring out what's it going to take for one of my competitors to get on top in the overall. And by extension, what is it going to take for Team Canada to win the team title, which it did last time? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, that's more Busher's department, the numbers deal. Like, what I'm doing, especially, you know, like the last Worlds were in Malaysia. So my job is to make sure I know the lake inside and out as best I could. The boats inside and out, which obviously I do. I sit in one of them all day long. Mm -hmm. So I know the boats well. Uh, Ramp, wind conditions, trends that happen at the lake. And with uh, jacks, I mean, it's perfect there. So, you know, as far as my site surveying and conveying to everybody sort of, hey, this is what we need to be aware of. You know, this is what we're doing. This direction, there's rollers at this ball, this direct, you know, that kind of little micro stuff that, you know, after 20 years of sitting in a boat and practices at World Championships, you pick up on all the little things that give your skiers the advantage. We're at Jax. Jax is as good a lake as you'll find on the planet. Mm-hmm. The boats are perfect. Everything's going to be perfect there. So my job is going to be more managing um you know, everybody's mindset because most of Team Canada is in that last seed and you got to manage your emotions. Like when the cut in Malaysia is maybe a couple 39, it's not that big a deal. When the cut at Jax is going to be maybe two at 41. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a little bit different to manage and it might happen the day before you even get to ski. So it's, you know, that's going to be more of my job at this World Championships is making sure that you know, everybody keeps in perspective and keeps in the moment and doesn't let everything wander outside of what they can control. Are there any telltale signs that you see from your typical skiing athlete at that level to where, okay, let, let me just step in and let me, let me just try and calm the emotions down a little bit and just try and put things in perspective? I mean, any high-level athlete, you know, they don't get to where they are not being able to control their emotions they, you know, you don't get to be number one in the world or in the top five in the world being a skier that can't control their emotions. So, you know, most of those top skiers are able to manage that because it's not the first time they've been in that position, but it's always different. There's always something else on the line. Every world is a different deal. And, you know, it's just a matter of like being able to, one of the gifts that I have is reading people and I can read when somebody's nervous. I can read when somebody's not paying attention and I just redirect their focus and make sure that, you know, their brain's ticking the way it needs to be ticking and they're focused on what their job is and ignoring everything else. Cause this world's, there's going to be a lot of noise and I don't mean your noise. I'm talking <laughs> about the noise of big scores just coming and coming and coming. And at the end of the day, you know, you can't win until the last day. Right. I mean, you can lose on the first day, but you can't win on, you know, you can't win until the last day. So it's really just going to be a matter of controlling your emotions, sticking to your game plan. And, you know, that's really what I'm going to be doing. These guys are all prepared. There's no surprises out at Jack's. I mean, so, you know, that's that's really how I'm going to going to be involved. Probably the most direct involvement that you'll have in a particular typical skiers performance is you riding in the boat for tricks. Right. Yeah. Yeah, in the boat for tricks or, you know, maybe on the dock with a little wind strategy or like, you know, whatever's going on with the wind for jump or maybe the, you know, because at Jack's, 
the driver makes a difference in jump, like how they come around that island or, you know, they go one way for one speed and one way for the other. So it's like just kind of walk down there, listen to the boat, figure stuff out, make sure our guys know what they're going to feel when they come around that turn island for the first time because it's a little different than just like a big long run in and jumping. So stuff like that, where the wind's going, which way you're going to take 39 or 38 or whatever happens to be your money pass. So. All right. Obviously, an event where you didn't have a real direct involvement in the in the performances or even from a support level was last Sunday. <laughs> I mean, that was like that was like history right there. All four women in the in the finals running 39 and a half off and getting into 41. What was going on in your living room when you were watching that? Well, funny enough, I was running back and forth um, from Jack's to the lakes and then with my son's golf schedule, I was crazy busy on Sunday. And I was in the car, and I got this feeling. I'm like, you know, Wit's going to be skiing pretty soon. I, I mean, I didn't watch her um, until the finals. And I turned on my phone, and I watched Regina run 39. You know, I watched Jamie run 39. And I watched Whitney run 39. And I was like... The plot thickens. Holy man but it's really a testament to those girls you know like regina was hurt all year you know i spoke to her at the under 21 worlds when we were there and i'm like Mm -hmm. you know and whitney um obviously we had a baby last summer the two seasons before that were not stellar seasons for her you know like people forget how good she was five years ago you know she had a couple bad years and then a baby and, you know, all of a sudden Whitney's back in form and everybody's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's Whitney. You know, Whitney's been running 39 for over 10 years, you know, and it's the same with Regina. Like there was no there was a doubt in my mind on Friday whether Regina was going to ski or not. But there was no doubt in my mind that she was going to ski well if she skied like Regina is a tank. Regina is an amazing, amazing athlete. And, you know, watching her run 39 that first round, I was just like, this girl is freaking amazing. I actually sent her a text message and told her that because I was like, you know what? Congratulations on your first tournament back. And you are so impressive. What about uh, what about Jamie Bull? I mean, because another another person, I mean, half of that final field was Canadians. I know. It's Jamie's amazing. I mean, I've been watching Jamie. She's the exact same age as Paige. I've been watching her forever. And, you know, she comes from that. I mean, she is pretty flawless in her technique. She's clearly bigger than everybody else. And just her mentality, like, I watched her this year, you know, with Regina not being there, Whitney not quite being on form at the beginning. I remember in the webcast at Lake 38 when she was out last and had to basically run 39 to win. Uh I was like, this is how you learn to be a winner right here. Like if she can pull this off, this is just one more mental notch in her belt. And she did it. She did it. And when was the next weekend? I think she won as well after Lake 38 with the same deal. So she, you know, every time that girl has gone out last, she's been able to, to lay down something that... Just having the knowledge. To win, yeah. I mean, it, you got to be in those positions. You know, Whitney and Regina have been in those positions for 10 years against each other. Last, second last, how they react with each other. Um, but Jamie's, like, getting into the winner's circle in 2021, you know? And so she's learning how to win. And I've watched her all season with Regina being out and Whitney's 
come back taking a little bit longer, it's given her the ability to close the door, and that girl can close the door. So it's going to be a wild world champions, man. And you can't, I mean, Manon's amazing. You yeah, know? let's She's, talk she, about her. Yeah, I mean, I watched her, like, she used to come to the ski school when she was, like, 15. And that girl's, like, strength and tenacity is, I mean, I watched her learning to trick and some other things and getting beat up. And, like, you know, she'd, she'd come and learn tricks, beat up her shin, hurt her leg be right back out on the water and now again she kind of she didn't quite have the um the freedom that jamie had this season that she had two years ago because whitney and regina were competing but she was closing the door on whitney and regina two years ago and those four girls can all win they all know how to win there's lots of skiers that are good skiers that can put out scores but those four girls know how to win what about the other eight skiers that would typically be in the finals? Because, I mean, 12 advance out of the, uh, the women's elimination round field. So, I mean, it's, it's easy to just focus upon those four women because they are the four women that are making all of the headlines right now. But who else do you see make, making, making a late run on the season? I mean, you know, Tony, I'm a numbers guy. So and I'm not going to speculate on what could happen or not happen. Whenever I go to a tournament with one of my skiers, I assume that everybody that they're competing against is going to do what they can do. And this is what we need to do. If we want to fall into this category or this spot, there's a lot of young girls out there, Brooke Baldwin, you know, um, Chelsea's had a great year, you know, that are just like, they can break loose at 39. They get hung up at one or two or three, or they could break loose. Like Brooke ran 39 years ago. So we know Brooke can run 39. Oh yeah. You know, so that's the thing about Jack's. There's not going to be any hesitation. There's not going to be any limiting factors with water or wind or boats or drivers. The drivers that are slated to drive are really good. Dude, anything can happen at a world championships. But I stick to numbers. Numbers dictate over and over again those top four girls are going to be button heads for medals, you know. Yeah, and, uh, and another aspect to the World Championships that is really and truly a numbers game is the men's overall, and uh, you're helping to train one of the uh, the top uh, the top competitors going into the, that event with Joel Poland. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that and about the men's overall competition as it as it uh, looks like from your perspective. Yeah, it's overall's nuts. It's nuts now. We went through a series, um, you know, when Jarrett retired from overall or stopped doing overall and Seamers and those guys. And then, you know, Sledge obviously took things to a different level as far as being probably the most well-rounded overall guy that we had seen before this generation of Joel and Dorian showed up. And even Sledge this weekend at Jack's tournament, I mean, he put out a 3 at 41, a 10 6, and a 215. Like, that's nothing to scoff at. You know, if either, oh, no. if either of these young guns, Joel or Dorian, have a mistake, Sledge is going to close the door. You know what I mean? Like, Sledge is seasoned, he knows his deal. Um, but, you know, Dor- Dorian and Joel are, you know, Joel broke the world, Dorian broke the world record last fall, didn't pass. Joel broke the record this spring. It passed. Dorian just broke the record, and it just passed. So, you know, these guys are going to be trading overall world records because unlike any of the other overall skiers in the past, those two guys do not have a weakness. You can take them singly Mm -hmm. and put them in a field of pro skiers. And, yeah, both of their slalom scores are not going to compete against Nate Smith on a 
regular basis, but both of them can break free and end up at the far end of the lake at 41, you know? So there's no hitch in any of their skiing. So it's so cool to see. And now we got this little Chilean kid coming up that is mind blowing. Like Martin Labra. Whew, like these boys here better keep pushing because that kid's coming and he is very, very good. Like very good. Yeah, a number of skiers uh, broke three in the U17 and U21 worlds. Is it, uh, are, there, are there any potential surprises out of, out of that little group that's, uh, that's trying to stake a claim? I mean, Louis... Um, Louis Duplan Freiburg. That's his last name. And the younger brother is very good. I don't know Louis' status. I mean, that kid's unbelievably good in overall as well. He wasn't mean, on the running orders uh, for, the, for the World Championship, so I think he's probably still injured. Coming I in. saw him in a video on Instagram in the boat, in the cold, in France. So I assume he's not here. I know the little guy's here. I don't know that the little guy's got the firepower and trick in slalom. Hold Duplan Freiburg. Yeah, to, uh, you know, to, to keep up with these guys. And it's the same with Martin. Martin Martin's very good, but he's not, you know, he doesn't even jump six foot. So, you know, he's he's 16 or 15 years old. So, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, you got Rob Hazelwood, who's a very good overall skier. You got Martin, um, gosh, I just lost Coleman. His, Coleman, amazing, amazing overall skier. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, you know, it's going to be the real deal. And there's no, like, Malaysia rollers that's going to mess up somebody in tricking or somebody gets a bad break and jumping and gets a roller at the bottom. It's not happening. Dude, it's perfection out there. So it's really going to be a cool competition to watch overall because I think we're going to see some stuff that's going to blow people's minds, you know? And we'll, with that, we'll round off uh, the podcast. I normally give an opportunity uh, for the uh, for the interviewee to uh, to give a shout out or to acknowledge uh, friends, family, all that kind of deal. So I'll, uh, I'll afford you that opportunity right now. Yeah, I mean, I I like to thank Nautique Boats who keep me in a boat and Radar Skis who keep us in the best equipment there is, and of course, all of you know my crew around me that puts their trust in me for you know to deliver them the goods when they need it on the day so you know without the skiers here that put their trust in me i wouldn't have a job all right then that was matt reaney i've been tony lightfoot this has been the twbc uh, podcast and until next time it is chow for now thank you for listening to the twbc podcast be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcast.